Would you pray with me? <clears throat> Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Momentum. Have you ever had that moment when you felt like a deer caught in the headlights or maybe scared by a spider? Where you found yourself in a situation where you could never imagine happening before? <clears throat> or maybe you were just disoriented, not sure where you were or where you were going. I recall my first day in the Navy was something like that at boot camp. I had started the previous day boarding a bus in Ocala, Florida, which took me to Jacksonville, Florida for recruit processing. And then somehow I ended up on another bus with several other young men heading to Great Lakes, Illinois, where I arrived late at night in October. When we got off the bus in Great Lakes, it was much colder. And we were hustled into a large room filled with rows and rows of bunk beds. We were told to pick a bed and go to sleep. We were woken up early the next morning, rather loudly, while it was still dark. And we then marched off to breakfast at the cafeteria. After breakfast, we were marched back into our sleeping quarters, but we entered through a different door. So when we got back to the room, I had no idea where I had slept the night before. All my belongings, which I had brought with me, were somewhere in that maze of bunk beds, and I had no idea where they were. The other 50 or 60 guys that I was with seemed to know where their stuff was and which bed they were in, but I was totally lost. I scurried around looking for my bunk and the drill instructor became rather impatient, as you might imagine. He called me to the front of the room and rather loudly and forcefully demanded that I go to my bunk and grab my belongings. We were about to move, but I had no idea where they were or where I was for that matter. I was caught like a deer in the headlights. Eventually, someone spoke up, letting me know where there was an unclaimed bag on a bunk. So much for making a good impression on my first day in the Navy. I imagine the experience that I just described from myself and then the experience that the apostles had in the book of Acts stunned them even more. Their world had been turned upside down while they traveled and studied under Jesus. And the events just continued to get stranger and stranger. He led with great authority and demonstrated an amazing depth of wisdom and performed amazing miracles. But then suddenly he was captured and publicly executed. And then there was the resurrection. Three days after his crucifixion, he was raised from the dead and appeared to his disciples many times, continuing to impart his wisdom to his disciples. During one of those discussions, they asked him if it was the right time to overthrow the Romans and restore Israel's leadership in the land. They had faith that the world was going to change, but they were not able to fathom what it meant for God's kingdom to reign throughout the entire world. Jesus replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We could see that Jesus' answer to their question was essentially no. It was not time for the Israelites to take over that part of the world. And they would never be able to defeat the Romans. But Jesus was not so abrupt. He gave them a sense of hope by letting them know that the gift of the Holy Spirit was forthcoming. And he focused his answer to the questions of, on the timing rather than the details of God's kingdom coming to earth. The subject of God's reign on earth is still perplexing to us today, since it seems that the kingdom of God has not fully been realized in this world 2,000 years later, yet it continues to be revealed among us, albeit in ways that are very different from the earthly kingdoms that we are familiar with. Faith leads us to believe that the kingdom of God will one day envelop the entire world but the timing and even the processes are beyond our understanding. Jesus shared as much as we could understand about God's kingdom and gave us a direction for learning more if we chose to go down that path. After imparting this last bit of wisdom, Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. This must, this must have been truly shocking. The disciples were understandably stunned, so much so they just stood there looking up into the sky where Jesus had gone. They were probably trying to make some kind of sense out of just what had happened and what they had heard and seen, because they had no idea what to do next. Suddenly, two men in white robes appeared and asked them why they were just standing there gazing into the sky. Jesus would return in the same way he left. But that would be another time. Meanwhile, they needed to figure out what they were supposed to do until that time. So they went back to Jerusalem, gathered in the upper room where they had been staying, and there they worshiped God and prayed. Surely they would have reflected on the conversations with Jesus while he was with them, as they tried to give greater clarity on just who Jesus was and what he was trying to teach them. They might have remembered that prayer that Jesus offered just before he was taken away, before he was taken away to be executed, where he asked God to glorify him as the Son so that he could glorify God. God had given him the authority to give eternal life to everyone who came to him, and he wanted to grant eternal life to all his followers. But what is the nature of eternal life it is deeply knowing the one true God and knowing Jesus Christ who was present with God even before the world existed having an awareness of God and Jesus is what eternal life is really about having a deep heartfelt connection and understanding of who God and Jesus are is what eternal life is all about Jesus made God accessible to his disciples through the words of wisdom that he imparted and the faith that he shared. The lessons he gave were really from God, since Jesus always reflected from God those things that God gave him. 
Anyone who saw and heard Jesus saw and heard God, since he was in God and God was in him. Despite all the accounts in the Gospels of the first disciples making mistakes and misunderstanding what Jesus had said, they were also able to grab very much. And Jesus expressed gratitude in his prayer, saying, Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that, I, that you gave me, I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Jesus had confidence in his disciples that they had received the message of God intended for them. And they would be able to carry on that mission that he had started on the behalf of God and himself. And as they carried out their mission, they would be one with God, one with each other, and one with Jesus in all the world. Indeed, as the disciples reflected on the events of that day when Jesus was lifted up into the clouds, as well as the teachings that he imparted to them over time as they journeyed together, they knew that they were being called to spread his love and wisdom. Jesus had told them that they would be sent to the ends of the earth, so they must have known that their journeys had really just begun. They were expected to spread the, the message of the gospel far and wide, and they did. In the ancient Eastern Mediterranean culture, the ends of the earth were thought to refer to the distant lands of Ethiopia. But there are several accounts of the disciples traveling much further than that to spread that gospel message throughout the Far East and into the West. But that period between witnessing his departure and receiving the inspiration of the Holy Spirit must have been very difficult because they felt lost and alone, unsure of what to do next. People today, can all, we can all feel paralyzed by events going on in the world around us. There are threats of economic despair if the government defaults on its payments, military conflicts with China, escalations of the war between Russia and Ukraine, a mass influx of migrants or excessive inflation, and on and on all the worries and the concerns go. It could be to make a person, enough to make a person pause and even be paralyzed with fear. It's time like this that we need to be woken up, to have that cycle of doom and despair playing out in our minds to be disrupted. And remember the promise that we have from Christ. We are not alone. We are in Christ as Christ is in God, and God is in us. Just as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, we are called to be one body in this world that responds to the events of our time with love, compassion, and the wisdom of Christ. We are called to reflect the image of God within each of us to the rest of the world that is bent on worshiping other images. But this is not something that we can do well without practice and preparation. Responding to the temptations and challenges of life require a cultivation of our relationship with God. The practices of prayer, meditation, reflection on Scripture, 
worshiping together as we do today. And all the other spiritual disciplines are necessary for cultivating that relationship with God. How will we integrate the teachings of Christ in our lives unless we read about them, talk about them, and practice them? By regularly searching for the mind of Christ, we can build momentum that will help carry us through the turbulent waters of life. Like a ship that's been traveling on a particular course and suddenly loses its propulsion, we can use the momentum that we build up as we journey toward Christ to help carry us through those moments of life when we become paralyzed by threats and fears of this world. So I invite you this morning to reflect on your spiritual practices and consider ways that you might be able to grow closer to God. Set aside some time in your day to focus on God in some way and make that time a priority. Whether you've been practicing your faith all your life or you're new to Christianity, there's always something new to do or something that we can always do better. The depths of God's love and wisdom are infinite. So any lifetime spent delving into the mind of Christ can never be fully conclusive. There is no way to know everything about God. So let us cultivate the love of God in our hearts so that we can use that momentum, that love, to help carry us through the darkest moments of our lives.